Use the force, Luke. Live long and prosper. I was going into Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilo Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Kermit. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Welcome, welcome, ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls of all ages to a very special episode oh, yeah. of A Play on Nerds. I'm one of your co-hosts, Steve. This other guy is Jarman. <laughs> and uh, we're here to co-host the hell out of this. Indeed. Yes. Very calm of you. What are we talking about this week, Steve? You want me to amp it up? All right, let's amp it up. <laughs> this week, in honor of Transformers Rise of the Beasts, the much anticipated sequel, like the seventh film or something. I can't keep track of it. I don't anymore. know. We are going to review the movie that started it all <laughs> Beastmaster. The Beastmaster. The Beastmaster, <laughs> the 1982 classic. And boy, are we going to talk about this movie. Spawned countless sequels and a TV show. I mean, come on. It's a franchise. That's right. Franchise. <laughs> uh, but before we get to that, Jarman, what have you been up to since last time we talked? Uh, well, actually, usually last year this time, I would just finished a show with the Orlando Fringe Festival, which is an international fringe festival. It's like one of the biggest in the United States. Um, but this year, since the wedding's so close and I'd be so stressed to do that, I just went as a patron and I saw tons of plays with the fiance. Um, so it was over a two week period. She get home from work on weekdays and we go out and see a couple of plays on the weekends. We saw like three or four. We had a cabana both weekends where we. We rented out a cabana on the fringe lawn and uh, had good food and saw great plays. And it was just a, a good old time, but cost a lot of money. And now we're kind of back to the grindstone. Uh, she's out of school now. So we're just really crunch time for prepping the wedding. That's what I'm up to now. <laughs> Get ready for it. It's going to be intense. What have you been up to, I Steve? I also have been planning for your wedding. Oh, very Me nice. and the other grooms people <laughs> have been discussing and trying to nail down plans. I love it. I appreciate it. And your sister says she's going to DD. So that's that's always helpful. All right. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, we had Memorial Day weekend. That's right. We packed ours full, too full, some me would say. <laughs> um, so Friday night, we had a game night at Christian. I worked, worked all day, had a game night at Christian and Sarah's. That's your on brother Saturday, and his, uh, his wife. Yeah. For those who don't know. <laughs> uh, on Saturday, Got up, went over to my Aunt Joyce's place, and me and, like, nine other Baumans tore down, cleared, and then put, re-put up her stacked rock wall. Oh, fun. <laughs> Outdoor it only took about It only took about two and a half, three hours, because we really did, all of us came. So oh, wow. It, it made it for light, lighter work. Uh, but then Anna had to go to a bachelorette party. Oh, no. And so it was me and the kids, and we went down to this marina on the river. That had its season opening, and they had a live band Whoa. called the Adorables, who play unconventional instruments and play covers of songs you love. That's cute. I like. And it that. was good, and the kids liked it, and we got to see boats, and we got to be down by the water. Uh, and then Sunday, woke up early, loaded up the car, and took the kids, and we drove to Bauman Camp, a plot of land my grandpa bought, I think, sometimes in the 50s or 60s. Mm. Uh, and went and did a day trip down at camp. I saw some pictures of that. Yeah. So we went and 
and cooked things on the fire and went down in the crick. The crick. And then went down to the creek. There's a difference. Yep. <laughs> I, don't know what, I don't know what the difference the is. The crick is smaller. Oh. The creek is bigger. <laughs> I see. Um, the kids got to go, loved it, got to drink, you know, water from my grandparents' spring. Nice. It comes off the mountain for the first time in like 13 years. So it was, it was like nostalgic. It was great to get to share with my kids, see a lot of Bowmans. And then Monday, <laughs> got up early again, loaded up the kids and went to the zoo. Nice. Met one of our neighbors, who's a friend of Anna's that we've been trying to hang out with. Um, and met her and her kid, and we all went to the zoo as a gang. <laughs> and then we came back, did some grocery shopping, got it closed up, and then the same neighbors and her husband joined us this time, came over to our place, and we had a cookout. Oh, your first cookout at your new house. A new, I got an electric grill. Nice. And it was it was a good time. I didn't want to get an electric grill. I'm very jealous. I have a propane one, and it's I left it outside, uncovered too long, and it's all rusted out. I just going to get rid of it because it was like 200 bucks. It was, it was, yeah, man. It did its, it did its job. <laughs> You've had your time, friend. Now you may rest. Now you missed something in your notes. I see here it says you hurt my, your head. What happened there? <laughs> oh yeah. So um, I was walking from the creek. So the creek is super cold. It's water coming down off the mountain. It's like snowpack melt. Nice. So it is freezing. It's freezing cold. Um, and you walk in. Eventually your feet get numb. So that's good. But it's slippery as hell. And so you do like a crick walk. So you just walk in the water and rock, rock to rock all the way down. And I was going and there's a bridge where the road crosses over top. And I was looking down at my feet, trying not to slip and die and not paying attention to where my head was. And I ran straight into full walk speed into an I-beam. Ooh, ouch. <laughs> and I got a little scrape on my forehead and a big bruise across my, uh, across like the middle of my forehead. <laughs> Uh, hurt real good for a few days. Oh gosh. Uh, so hurt my head. Uh, and then otherwise like Dilly's been killing it at potty training and we are so, we are so close. Oh, so close. We are so close. We can taste it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Don't use that metaphor. <laughs> no. <laughs> not, a, not a good metaphor. <laughs> um, we're so close. Oh, that's, that'll be nice. So weight off your shoulders. That's right. <laughs> Uh, do, do we have any feedback? Do I see feedback on here? We do. So uh, we just have a little quick message from Mike or at Derek on Twitter, who's always wonderfully retweeting uh, when he listens to the podcast. So thanks a lot for listening all these years, Mike. Um, and he said, I loved reading the Bobaverse novels. Is that something you mentioned, I think, that you would? Yeah. Um, yeah, I uh, I am Legion. I am Bob. I'm probably about two thirds of the way through it. And it just kind of keeps getting bigger and crazier. What is this exactly? I don't remember this. So. I don't know how much spoilers you want, but I'll give you like a very vague synopsis. Sure. A guy named Robert, who's Silicon Valley money, agrees to signs a contract for cryogenic freezing mm. and immediately dies. <laughs> he wakes up some, I think, 200 years later to find that he, his company went out of business and was bought out and he is now the property of an entity mm. and they need him for a job. Interesting. And I don't want to give away too much more, but that's like the the opening premise. It sounds kind of like Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy style kind of comedy. Yes, nice. And it gets it gets really surreal. I don't want to give away too much of the setup. But it gets really surreal and crazy at one point. Nice, because we were talking and space guy, opera books last time. That's what it was. The guy it. doing the audiobook has done a supremely good job because there are a lot of voices involved. Oh, nice! I'd love yeah. to hear that. 
Well, thanks, Mike. Now I got another book I think I want to li- listen oh, to. Man, or I got to give you a review of another audiobook that was crap. Oh, well, what's that? And it's not that the book was bad, the audiobook was bad. It's the Ooh. first time I've ever really had an issue with it. It was the Joy Luck Club. Okay. The one offered on um, Audible. Famous book. Whichever one that is. Famous book. And there were so many times where there were noises in the background. Oh, my God. Like clearly studio noises. And at least three times I caught it where they they used alternate takes of the line back to back. Oh, my God. That's just basic editing. It was missing some basic editing stuff. And it's the first time I've ever been like, man, this audiobook sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and it wasn't a celebrity narrator or anything? I don't think so. Interesting. It may have been, but even so, like they didn't do the editing. No, of course not. You're right. That's just weird. Maybe that would explain it. <laughs> if they got original actress Ming-Na Wen to do the book, but she also had to edit it. Yes, yeah, so she has no idea what she's doing. So no she's, idea what she's She doing. left the audio raw, basically. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just finished editing a book today. Uh, so I, it's, it's a lot of work, but it's... You, you can't leave in two takes, man. That's just basic. I've just never, I've never had that in any other audiobook I've ever listened to. Wow. It was just the first time and I was like, oh, three yeah. times, huh? That's like uh, someone's got fired for that. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. So that takes us some uh, nerdy news. It's time for nerdy news. All right, so this week we're talking. This ain't no monkey business. Since we're on the topic oh, of <laughs> that, we're on the Beastmaster themed episode. I figured I'd do some animal story, but with the course a Jarman take. So, a new expedi- expedition was announced this week to search for the Orang Pendek, the long rumored small bipedal ape like creature seen in and around Sumatra, Thailand. Um, and it's basically like their small version of Bigfoot. And I have books I've had since I was a kid that have all the different kinds of Bigfoot around the world. And this has been in my book since I was a kid. Um, and this is a new expedition they're putting out. It's only rumored to exist. And some think it might even be a primitive cousin of Homo sapiens or just some lost uh, human culture of smaller people that live in the rainforest there. Ooh. That many people are just misidentifying as some kind of ape creature, but it, you know, which is kind of racist, but it might just be like a, a tribe that's living out there that are smaller stature people. So that's been found before. Um, yeah. But it does have the back. Th- are real. Yeah. But it does have the, the backing of Thailand's government. So it'll have actual funding. Um, but unfortunately includes this guy named Tom Biscardi who got the whole Bigfoot. Oh, this guy's a dick. I can feel just what yeah. a dick he is just from that name. <laughs> Damn, I'm Tom Biscardi. How you doing? <laughs> Tom Biscardi. Can I interest you in a watch? How about a Bigfoot? Uh, so <laughs> basically is what he's done. He has gotten out of being called a hoaxer a few times now because he keeps blaming it on somebody else. Oh, I was hoaxed by this other person because he claimed to have a body of a Bigfoot once. And he said, this guy uh, shot and killed Bigfoot. It's in his freezer. I'm going to go find it and show everybody. Uh, We're going to do a big announcement. Turned out as a rubber suit in a freezer. Um, (laughs) So Sweet, 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 sweet. He then made a thing where he was to say, everyone can pay subscriptions. We are going to trap this Bigfoot. We've been tracking it. These people have been tracking it. And you can pay for subscriptions to a live feed of the camera to watch it happen. Nothing happened. Turned out he said, oh, I was hoaxed by the people who said they were tracking it. They never had one to begin with. So he did refund everyone's money, though, for that subscribe to the thing. So I give him that. He didn't, you know, keep it. But unfortunately, he is also in this expedition. Uh, But sightings of the Orang Pendek go back to the 1920s uh, and the surrounding areas to the early 1900s. Um, And his team will include Robert the Swede Holmberg, a tracker, hunter, and survivalist. 
uh, Chris Contriaris, an experienced researcher, archivist, and information extractor, whatever that means, and a Buddhist monk, monk named At, who will provide in-country contacts and cultural knowledge of the local people living in the area. So uh, it sounds like they're trying to make some kind of reality show. Out of this. So <laughs> you're saying they put together the Avengers <laughs> to go find little Bigfoots. Little Bigfeets are going to be around, <laughs> yeah, Sumatra. And Bruce Banner's there for some reason. <laughs> Strangely enough. So yeah, that's this ain't no monkey business. We'll see what happens in that nice. expedition. Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably nothing is the answer. <laughs> But probably something is 1982 classic, The Beastmaster. Yes. It's the story of Dar. We start with the king of a small kingdom. He discovers one of his advisors is an evil wizard. And he has him arrested. That night, one of the evil wizard's followers, a crone, uses dark magic to steal away his child, which is still in his wife's womb, and put it into a cow. <laughs> the crone then births the baby from the cow and tries to murder it. But a random old guy comes by and kills it with a crazy flying axe thing. <laughs> he takes the baby who grows up in a small village, learning the skills of the land. But from an early age, he starts to show uh, strange gifts with the animals. Uh, willing away a bear at one point. Now, as a man, he tills the land with his trusty dog, and then one day, a dark knight and his riders come through the village and kill everyone, including his dad. The dog somehow pulls him to safety, but not before being mortally wounded. He wakes up. Everyone he knows and loves is dead. His dog is dead, and he strikes out <laughs> on a path Sorry. of vengeance. Just the way you said his dog is dead. <laughs> everyone's dead. <laughs> I don't know why that was so funny. Uh, <laughs> he then uh, meets two troublesome ferrets, and he makes <laughs> friends with them. It's true. It's true. Uh, <laughs> I lost my place. Um, he then he makes a bird friend. He makes friend with a hawk. Yeah, it's cute. Then he makes friends with a black tiger. It's like the goddamn Wizard of Oz. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he finds some women bathing and immediately uses his newly found powers to try to seduce them into sex. <laughs> um, uh, then he finds himself. This is just a series of like, and then this thing happened. <laughs> and then he finds himself in the dark, surrounded by these crazy, uh, like captured, surrounded by these crazy leathery bat things that eat humans. <laughs> And the hawk comes in and is like, hey, guys, he's cool. And they're like, oh, man, he's cool. And they all let him go. Because apparently they have a statue and they worship hawks or something. And they give him an amulet that loads the gun for later in the movie. <laughs> uh, Nar makes his way to the city where the zealot is making blood sacrifices of children to the flame. Oh, his name Nar's is Dar, bird- by the way, not Nar. Dar? <laughs> yeah. Dar. <laughs> It gets worse. <laughs> Dar's bird saves a child from falling into the fire. That night, he returns the child to the parents and learns that Mayax, the evil sorcerer, has taken over the kingdom. And he gets the hint that he might be the missing son of the king. Uh, Dar is ambushed by the, the, the zealots' zealots. But he's helped by his animal friends, just as his... Uh, tiger is about to get killed a new friend seth and his son tal save the day 
they help him rescue the girl from earlier and break into the castle. They encounter caged wild men with glowing eyes. They steal some keys and find his now blinded father. The king. They're, they're ambushed by the zealot in a crone. The zealot nearly escapes, narrowly escapes. They escape the castle. The king immediately swears vengeance. That's the most ridiculous turn ever. <laughs> and calls his own son a freak. For some reason. Dar thinks it's a bad idea to go and attack, but the king's like, no, we're going anyway. <laughs> and Dar's like, well, good luck, guys. And he just pieces out. Uh, everyone is either killed or captured. And guess who's got the hook again? Dar's got to go save them all. Uh, he faces off with Mayax, uh, finally killing him. He saves the girl, but the villain is back for one final scare. Uh, but one of the ferrets jumps on him and saves the day, sacrificing <laughs> itself to the flame. Uh, but wait, there's more. The big bad army of bad cats is coming suddenly. Uh, they trick the first wave in the most part into falling into the moat, lighting it ablaze. Uh, the, the child, the kid is shot. The fire mostly helps to even the odds for a little bit, but eventually they're overrun. The enemy closes in. All hope seems lost. Dar faces off against the evil general, killing him with his own weapon and throwing him into the flame. Uh, the remaining enemies close in, but just then the bird is back and they're like, nah, dude, he's cool. And the big leathery guys from earlier show up <laughs> and they wrap up all the remaining soldiers eating them. And then give them like gives like a cool guy head nod at one point. <laughs> uh, the day is one. The boy miraculously survives. takes a takes an arrow to the chest, and they're like, "Ah, he's fine." <laughs> uh, Dar sets out on his own once more. The girl comes and gets him, and that is 1982 classic, The Beastmaster. <laughs> what a film! What a movie! So, Jerm, what did, had, have you seen the Beastmaster before? I think as kids growing up, this was on TV a lot, and I, I never I feel like it was on TBS a lot, and I'd never seen the whole thing all the way through at all ever, um, especially not the uncut version that would be on TV with the the many random boobs that throughout this movie. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it, it was it was a thing that, that happened. Uh, it sure, sure <laughs> was. So there were some good things about this movie. Hmm. Um, I like that there were a lot of instances where they could have kind of hand waved something, but instead they chose to show it and build suspense. So they could have just made that phone, that crone fight, nothing at the beginning when he's a baby, the guy could have thrown the ax, the crone could have been dead and that could have been it, but they chose to play it out and make it a little fight. Um, you know, when the village was attacked, they could have cut straight to them arriving at the village with the battle having already going on. But they took the time to, like, show the bad guys doing bad things. Yeah. Um, so there was I have to commend them for some of the choices they made. Um, and then you got some boobies in there. So that's good. <laughs> uh, he uses his new found powers. Uh, he just lost everyone he loves. Everyone's dead. His dog is dead. He's on a mission of vengeance, and he's immediately like, I'm going to use my animal talk powers to get laid. <laughs> he's never left his small village before, so <laughs> this is pretty exciting. There are women at the village. They were murdered. Yeah, but he's already slept with all of them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> um, then, so I think I thought some of the animal stuff in this was actually pretty impressive. That was one of my biggest points these was animals that to do. I cannot believe the animal training in this movie. Like the fact they had a tiger doing all of that so well. There's no CGI, obviously. These animals are okay, really doing all that so stuff. Check, so this is sort of a note on the other side. The tiger it was really funny. 
<clears throat> so they, the tiger did do a lot of stuff in the movie, but the things that they did with Dar mm-hmm. was like literally exclusively one thing. And if you ever rewatch it, you'll see it. This happened like six times in the movie when it was actually the actor Dar. The tiger would run up into frame. He would pat it three to four times on the side and then give it a little shoe and it would run off camera. Yeah. And they did that six times. <laughs> so it's clear that they had a very limited routine with the actual talent. Right. Because he didn't know it. It was just funny to watch them use it over and over and over again. <laughs> and I like that when the hawk would fly by, he pretend like he was causing him to do that by like trying to wave the the hawk forward but he like would do li- do it late sometimes so like the yeah. hawk had already left but he's like yes go that way well, i was like <laughs> i was like the inconsistency in that like he doesn't talk to the tiger he doesn't talk to the ferrets as ferrets but the hawk he's like <laughs> oh yeah for some reason <laughs> i was like why why is the hawk the one that doesn't get it <laughs> he only speaks hawk he never learned english <laughs> ah, damn. he didn't study in high school um <clears throat> I loved, so I'm going to say the best actors in this movie were those two ferrets. Oh, yeah. They, they, their subplot that they get, ferrets get a subplot at this at one point <laughs> in this, where they're going to steal the keys mm-hmm. and they go and it's like, wow, the, the crazy wild man is being conditioned and comes alive and he chases them. And there's like like a four point chase scene where we get to watch ferrets run away from this crazed guy. And it was great. And apparently they were lovers at the end of the movie. They have babies. He's got baby ferrets. I thought they were brother and sister that whole time. Man, was I off? <laughs> well, they could have been, but because they're ferrets, they wouldn't know any better. <laughs> um, some other good things. I, there was some genuine good production value in this. They clearly did some real on-site filming. That's what I said was great was the sets were amazing um, as far as the time period and the money they probably didn't have. And they mixed a lot of landscape shots with matte paintings really well. Like all those big city shots, like were all matte paintings mixed with the real landscape. And I think they did really well for the time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And my last positive note, I'm going to read it again verbatim because we're saying these goddamn ferrets are the best actors in the movie. (laughs) Yes, and they're really cute. Verbatim what I wrote. Except for that one part, I feel bad for the ferret. It's like towards the end of the movie, he takes the ferret and like and like rubs it against his face on his nose. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> he loves the smell. Because ferrets notoriously smell terrible. <laughs> so yeah, they have they have some very yes. They just release a lot of this like this oily pheromone that they have to get all over everything exactly it's it not smells a, awful it's not fun i also put that the music was actually really good very typical of oh, 80s yeah. fantasy movie but it was good it was good music and also tanya roberts super hot um the what's oh her, yeah the, yeah his cousin actually who he falls in love with and she mentions that that's that's his cousin yeah <laughs> that's, that's kind of weird um, um yeah so so some things i struggled with a little bit um <clears throat> there was a point where his dad was dead. He was like buried or dragging the bodies because he was going to burn them. And then we get this random voiceover from his father, his dead father, that conveniently tells him how to progress the plot. <laughs> it's like, it is your destiny to move on and go and find and follow your will for this great thing. And I was like, so 
You're just giving him instructions from beyond the grave? What's happening right now? <laughs> Did he tell you this before? <laughs> yeah. Is this a flashback? Is this a ghost? Um, <clears throat> then shortly after that, there's the whole montage where he's climbing a mountain and he uses a big piece of wood and he's like pretending it's a sword to like build his muscles. But then suddenly he just has a sword. Well, no, it, it showed like, him. What was the his, point of the wood? As soon as he put his dad to rest and that shot where he get the voiceover, he then it shows him dusting off his dad's sword and pulling it out of the ground. That was his dad's sword. Yeah, but they didn't sequence it right. Well, no, he pulled it out of the like, ground. It literally looked like he went from swinging that thing and like find, go, going down to a rock and finding a sword. I was like, what the hell just occurred? It was shot strangely. I don't know why he was practicing with that big so like log when he had the sword the whole time. It was, that was kind of strange. Right. I was like, what the Yeah, that was important. I was like, why would he do that? <laughs> Um, and then my other critique from a, just a script structure point of view is there was too much animal Swiss army knifing Meaning in what? this movie. Like I get it. You have all these animal companions, but every single adverse thing was like, was, you know, it was like he was using a Pokemon to clear an objective. <laughs> I choose you ferret <laughs> rare ferret. Go steal that thing. Tiger, watch the hallway. <laughs> well, he's the beast master. He's got to be telling the beast mastering the beast. I know, but it like took away from him. Like he didn't feel like a hero. He just felt like a like a you know project manager. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't need all his muscles because he has the beast for all that shit. That's right. Um, I did put that also in that same kind of note that Mark Singer, the actor playing Dar, he just looks Dar. like a, he looks like a doof. He's got the big flared nostrils. He just looks like a, a like an idiot. <laughs> so I just can't see him as a badass. He looks stupid, like. Arnold Schwarzenegger, say what you will about how he sounds when he talks because he has an accent, but he he doesn't seem dumb. He actually, no. and, and I don't think he is dumb. He's a smart guy. Um, and Mark Singer just looks like an idiot. <laughs> he's like a nice guy. He's, he's really Man, earnest. Darren, you're mean girls. I'm mean, mean girls. Mean girls. Uh, the fight scenes I had a problem with. They were just really bad. If you watch any of the other people fighting him, they're like holding their sword in the air for four seconds, waiting for him to hit them. You know, like it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Um, they could have used a new fight captain for that. And uh, the acting was pretty rough around the whole film, except for, I think, John Amos as Seth. I think he really stood out as a really good actor. Yeah, he really was. He really was a standout. I'll give you 100% on that. Because even Rip Torn, who's, I love him, his later <laughs> stuff, playing the villain, he was pretty rough as the villain. And they gave him that really bad prosthetic anti-Semitic nose for some reason. <laughs> yes. That was weird. Um well, yeah, I, I, and also, who is he to tell all these animals what their name is? Because he can talk to them. Just ask them what their name is. Your name is now Dodo and Toto and Photo. <laughs> yeah, but think of it from their perspective. If they even said that, it'd be like, my name is like, my name is. <laughs> and the ferrets, the ferrets names are. And <laughs> well, we should call him that. And the tiger's name is. <laughs> we did, he did that right, actually. He called him. Ruh. So that was actually that was his name, uh, but yeah, I, I, something that stood out is that didn't make sense. Like the the bat people came out of nowhere. Like what the hell was that about? Like um, I I kind of got it. I guess kind of. My theory, my running theory was that whatever god the crone worships, they also worship. Okay. So they're kind of and in so tune the with the child his powers. bared the mark of his god, and then the the. The hawk was like, hey, guys, he's cool. Um, and between those two things, they took it as like a religious sign. Well, just him running into them. I didn't see how it happened. Like, it kind of just out of nowhere. He was in a cave. I'm like, yeah, he, just, he was just there. It's like, how did this happen? 
And also the king being a huge dick to him right after he just saved him. Like, why was he suddenly just such a dick? My son, the, the, the Beastmaster, he's a freak. Yeah, like, <laughs> Jesus, he just saved your ass, you know? Uh, but anyways, we have some trivia for the movie. Uh, uh, Mark Singer, who played Dar on the first day of filming. Um, well, B- Billy Jane is the name of the young actor who played um, young Dar. Um, so they were filming a scene where young Dar first learns that he can control animals with the bear and the bear happened to be a Russian bear and the only bear working in Hollywood at the time. And as soon as the bear came out, the bear broke loose and attacked his handler, sending the rest of the crew fleeing into nearby vehicles for safety. And as soon as the bear was recaptured and the handler was carried off for medical attention, the crew turned to, uh, to Mark Singer and they said, okay, we're ready to film your scene. <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm not doing Get that. in there, champ. Uh, the eagle often refused to fly on cue. So to shoot footage of it in the air, it was dropped from a trap door in a hot air balloon. <laughs> they just dropped the, the bergs. It wouldn't fly for them. Fly or die, bird. Pretty much. Uh, the film performed only modestly at the box office, but it built a strong cult following over the years. In the U.S., it was replayed frequently on TV, notably HBO and TBS, as Steve mentioned. It was shown mm-hmm. so often that some dubbed TBS the Beastmaster Station and HBO as Hey, Beastmaster is on, <laughs> which I thought was hilarious. Uh, Mark Singer referred to Dar's costume as a leather hula skirt. And when he and John Amos as Seth saw each other on the set for the first time in their respective costumes, they burst out laughing because they're practically wearing nothing. Uh, Dar's black tiger is actually a regular striped tiger dyed black and the dye would wash off around the mouth whenever the tiger took a drink. So the stripes are often visible around its mouth. So I was like, is that a black tiger? Is that a panther? It was too big for a panther. Um, about 25 ferrets played Kodo and Podo. And apparently ferrets can't really be trained. So they were often baited with food to go or look where needed. Uh, and four tigers played Rue. The main one was named Kipling. Um, but 25 ferrets they had playing those things. 25 ferrets. That is a lot to Sweet wrangle. Jesus. <laughs> Are a lot of smell, and that's the Beastmaster. So go out and don't see uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. Rise of the Beast. Just stay home and on Amazon Prime watch the Beastmaster. That's right. <laughs> well, now I got a bit beautiful. Um, it's, gonna, it's called uh, "If I Could Talk with the Animals." Mm. All right. So uh, in this bit, I'm going to give you the names of ten actors, okay. and you have to tell me the name of the movie that they talk to animals in. Ten actors when they talk to animals. Okay. I think I yes. got it. All right. Are you ready? Yes. All right. I'll start with an easy one. Eddie Murphy. Dr. Doolittle. There you go. Now you got it. Now you got it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Brendan Fraser. Uh, welcome to the jungle. What? No. Oh, no. Is that what it's, not what it's called? Uh, where he no. plays the guy, shirtless guy. Uh, you have it in your head. You're just saying George of the nonsense jungle. words. George of the jungle. There, there you we go. go. Yay. All right, they're going to get a little bit harder. Okay. Matthew Lillard. Oh, uh um up shit creek without a pa- without a paddle. No. Wait, oh, oh, oh Scooby Doo. Yeah. Like Zoink Scooby. Yeah. I'm going to give you half a point on that one. You got it wrong at first. <laughs> Think about it. Half points fine. All right. Sir Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen when he talked to animals. Um, oh, um, the Lord of the Rings. He talks to the eagles and the mob. Yeah, like multiple, multiple times. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> there we go. Jason Lee. Jason Lee. Oh, um, is that terrible kangaroo movie? Kangaroo Jack? Kangaroo Jack? No, oh, I don't think. I, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. You just missed your first one. Alvin and the Chipmunks. Oh, of course. Mm. He plays yes, Dave. You're absolutely right. <laughs> All right. Daniel Radcliffe. Oh, I think he talks to several animals in Harry Potter. Please. Yeah, most notably snakes in a couple of the movies. Yes. Partial tongue. That's right. All right. Laura Linney. Laura Linney. Um, oh, my goodness. Oh, Congo. Yes, that's right. Yes. Congo. She has and sign Amy, language. The talking the girl. <laughs> yeah, she does talk to Amy, though. She's not the main one. Mm. Um, all right. Tilda Swinton. Oh, God. Is this an obscure film? No. <laughs> Anna got this one almost immediately. Tilda Swinton. Talking to animals. Um, is it? Uh, does she talk to an animal in um, Doctor Strange? No. Oh darn! Uh, that is the Chronicles of Narnia: The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. <laughs> I haven't seen that in so long. I forgot she was in it. <laughs> That's right. All right, you're doing pr- pretty astoundingly well here. <laughs> well, thank you. I thought I thought this was difficult, but you're kind of you're kind of blowing it out of the water. There's two left. <laughs> All right, and the last one. If you get it, you get five points. Oh wow. All right, so this is not the last one. Right. Hugh Laurie. Hugh Laurie. He's a house. He's in uh, movies has he been in? Definitely movies, not TV shows, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I don't know what movie he's been. He's not been in that many movies. Wait. Nope. Don't got it. <laughs> okay. Uh, that is Stuart Little. Oh, he plays yeah. Stuart's adoptive father. Never seen it. Never seen it. Uh, all right. This is the last one. This is the one that's worth five points. Okay. Five points. Jennifer Connolly. Jennifer Connolly. That would be, uh, is that, that's King Kong, the, the 2000 something with Jack Black version. No, she wasn't in that. No, she wasn't. Hold on. Let <laughs> me think. Oh, uh, Labyrinth. Uh, no. Damn it. <laughs> she there there to are like half but... anthropomorphic creatures with none of them are animals. <laughs> okay, you're right. Wait, I got it. I think. Tell me. Is it one of the Planet, is, of, the, Planet of the Apes movies? This is the last ones. No. Oh, shit. <laughs> All right. It is Phenomena. What? A movie that came out in the 80s when she was young. Oh, Jesus. She plays a girl who is able to communicate with insects sent to a private boarding school where her gift allows her to solve multiple unsolved murders. I see why it was worth five points now. Five points. What's that? I saw it one time in college. <laughs> you saw that movie? <laughs> yeah. So my brother and I, uh, when I was in college in Seattle, had this thing where about once every a few weeks or month, we get together and we go up to video aisle and we would specifically ask them for terrible movies. Ah, gotcha. And take that. And so we ended up watching some real duds. That was one of them. I love bad movies. It's great. I know you do. So that that's uh, if I could talk with the animals. And what was my final score? Oh, crap. Apon Secrets. Uh, One, two, three, four and a half, five, six and a half. Woo-hoo. Out of 10, not too shabby. Well, six and a half out of 14, technically. Well, but. if I got yeah, five, that's more yeah. of a bonus question, I'd say. That's still good, though. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, it's time for some radical recommends. Yeah, baby. Radical.
If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend Pleasant. So I try to think of something like Steve's uh, the past couple of times he's gone up thinking about local resources that you might want to recommend. And you uh, check them out, man. I haven't been anywhere except for the Fringe Festival, which, of course, I'd recommend if you can ever come to Orlando, not going to a theme park, come during May for the Fringe Festival. But um, I was a big player of Diablo 1 and 2 uh, growing up. And uh, for the longest time, I'm like, oh, I'll eventually get Diablo 3 when I have time to play some video games because it came out, I think, in 2004. 14? No, 2011, I think it was. So in my mind, it's still new. And I'm like, oh, the graphics are going to be amazing. I'm finally going to get it. So I finally bought Diablo 3 a couple months ago, only got to play it once. And I'm like, why, why are the graphics not that great? I'm like, oh, because it's 11 years old. Now. <laughs> oh, that's right. I'm I'm older. <laughs> I haven't like, reliably played video games in so long, except for with Steve, we played Overwatch for a while, and then Every Sunday, I play Hearthstone once a week with my buddy Patrick. And so basically, I played no video games aside that besides watching my fiance play them because she plays a lot. And so finally, I'm like, oh, it's Diablo 3. And it's a lot of fun. If you like the first two Diablos, it's obviously great. The reason it got me playing again because I saw that Diablo 4 was coming out soon. I'm like, mm-hmm. that's pretty soon after the third one. I'm like, oh, no, it's been 11 years. <laughs> So. Yeah, I um, yeah, I picked it up, but I didn't get the like special mega edition. So I get to play on Monday. Oh, okay. So it's coming out on Monday officially. Yeah, but there's there was like a mega deluxe edition for a hundred dollars that you could get access up to four days early, and that's what our friends are talking about. Oh, of course, I'm sure. So I'm just waiting. Good for you. You don't need that crap. <laughs> I'm just getting the third one. So what do I care? Well, I mean, I work Friday and Saturday. I only have Sunday off, and I'm on Monday, Tuesday, so I'm not going to have trouble filling the time. Right. <laughs> Well, I just say the story is great for Diablo. It's a long, ongoing story. The lore is great. Um, it seems like they're not. This one doesn't have too much pay-to-play crap like a lot of games have these days. It does have you can pay for costumes and things like that, but it's not like you're paying to win. Um, but I'm still figuring out because there's so much crafting and all this other crap they've added into multiplayer stuff. So, yeah. So once I figure it all out, then it'll be ten more years, and then I'll get Diablo Four uh, when that happens. Yeah, I can't wait. For you to join me in 10 years. Yeah, sounds good. I'll be like 46 and be like, oh, finally, you got Diablo 4. <laughs> Let's play Diablo 5 now. <laughs> Diablo 5 comes out in two years. Come on, man. <laughs> All right. So that takes some trailer reviews. All right. This week I picked the trailer and it is The Flood. German literally asked, did we do this one before? And I said, no, German. It's a different alligator movie. Somehow. And last time it was a shark movie. Oh, that's uh, right. <laughs> yes. So the flood looks like about a crazy storm that comes in. Alligators come with it. But this time prisoners and cops have to try to survive in close quarters with tension and in a jail. villains and in a jail. And there's a huge alligator for inexplicable reasons. <laughs> um, I think this looks like just fun. And I think if you go into it with that, you're going to have a good time. If you expect anything more than that, you're not going to like, <clears throat> and I'm just excited to see Casper Van Dien and something. So the funniest part is this, the only, any kind of celebrity you'll recognize this movie is Casper Van Dien. You might not even know who that is at this point. Starship Troopers, baby. Exactly. But the funniest part is this whole minute, 27 second trailer. He doesn't say a word. He doesn't have a single line. <laughs> like He's why? Very good. Why is that? I don't know. But yeah, it looks ridiculous. Some bad CGI, but also just 
it's going to be yeah silly alligator eating fun i suppose but trailers are really in the dregs right now folks yeah we apologize <laughs> that are like huge summer blockbusters we're all aware of so right that we already have reviewed at this point that's right but it was a good find it was uh, amusing to say the least so thanks yeah. for that <laughs> uh i'm gonna give um so I'm going to give this one a, a Raul Julia hears some splashing in the bathroom and he puts on his robe and kind of clumsily makes his way there and he reaches and flips on his switch and standing with one fo- foot in the toilet is Gary Busey flushing it repeatedly <laughs> feverishly he looks up and says I got to get down join the gators in the sewers they're in the sewers <laughs> and Raul Julia doesn't say a word he just flips off the light and turns <laughs> and goes back to bed um i have this i give this one raw julia um robbing us a, a convenience store because he's so wow. he's so sick of living with gary Busey. he just wants to get arrested and go to jail that's right to where he is eaten by an alligator and he says it's worth it because now i can finally be gone from that damn gary wow. Busey. dark went to a dark place i yeah, love it very dark all right that brings us to the end of episode 173 i think of a play on nerds That's join right. us in about two weeks and we'll be doing another nerd roll of fortune two topics we're not aware of yet it's going to be a lot of fun uh, but until then come on back and be our nerdy audience we'll come on back and be your nerdy co-hosts thanks again internet stay nerdy my friends Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Feel free to email feedback at aplayonnerds.com with all your questions or comments. Shoot us a message on Facebook or Twitter and earn yourself a sweet shout out on the show. Review us on YouTube, Spotify, or Apple Podcasts so even more nerds can find us. Tell your friends, tell your enemies, we aren't picky. Check out our entire back catalog and other offerings at aplayonnerds.com. And how? How?